As I was thinking about what to share, I tried sifting through my mind the mothers that you see in the Bible. You know, um, Sarah and Moses' mom and Jesus' mom. And there's a big, there's a big pool to pull from. But for some reason, I thought about David's mom. Okay, King David. You guys know King David, son of Jesse, King David's mom. And so I thought about her and I realized from memory, I could not think of one thing about her. Not one thing. I could not remember anything about David's mom. And there's a reason for that. Does anybody know what the reason is? The Bible doesn't say anything about her specifically. It doesn't give her name, doesn't even mention her, except for odd ways in David's writings through the Psalms. And so you kind of have to piece together um, clues about her. And um, I think there is some reasons to that, and I don't have time to go into it, but there was apparently some drama that centered around David's mom. Not, it's not bad, it's not evil or wicked, but it's, there's some drama centered around um, David's mom and David. And if you, if you recall some of the story, you know that um, when Samuel came to anoint uh, the new king, Saul was, Saul was, um, was well, dethroned by God, or however you'd say that. And he says, um, I'm going to show you, Samuel, go to the house of Jesse. I'm going to show you who the new king is. And he shows up at Jesse's house, thinking it's going to be one of Jesse's sons. And it was one of Jesse's sons. But all the sons came forward except for one that was left out in the field. You guys remember that? Why didn't they call him in? And Samuel said, is there any more lads out there? Is there any boys that I need to look at? Well, yeah, there's the one out in the field keeping the sheep. Bring him in. We know that it turned out to be him because God looks at the heart. Man looks at the outside, but God looks at the heart. And you can even remember the, the, um, when David brought his brothers some food when they were out at war that day that he actually ended up fighting Goliath. The brothers were like mad at him, you know, for, for bringing him food. We know that you're out here. You're just prideful. You just want to see the fight. You're not really here to bring us food. So there's this animosity there. Anyway, there's some drama. You can look into that around that relationship. But bottom line, she's not really mentioned um, much and doesn't give her name. But if you look at some, uh, like the Talmud and, the, um, and some of the different, basically like the Jewish historian encyclopedia, Britannica, whatever they call that, you know, you can find out actually a lot. And there's some things in there. You can read that and look in there. But it does. I will tell you one thing it says. It says her name. And I don't know if I can pronounce it, but it's Nitzavit Bat Adayo. That's her name. Okay, it doesn't say it in the Bible, but the Jewish historians, they can tell us what her name was and who her dad was and some of the family issues and some of the drama there. So you can look that up. But let me just say um, that we can learn a lot from her. You moms, I want to encourage you today because I think moms today, even more than in the past, are, getting, are having it very difficult. It's a difficult age to raise up um, kids. I mean, even the Bible says in the end times, it's like... You don't even want to have children in the last days. You know what I mean? It's like it's going to be so hard. And I saw something I don't remember. Maybe it was somebody in here that posted this or reposted it on Facebook. But it talked about how um, moms relax or moms it's okay. Something to the effect of back in the day, like when we were all kids, you know, or some of us were kids, you know, just basically put shorts on them and maybe a pair of shoes and just send them out and see them at dawn, uh, dark, you know what I mean? But these days, it's like, oh, do they sleep on their stomach? Do they sleep on their back? Do they sleep on their side? Do they eat with this? Do they do a passy? Do they not do a passy? Do... You guys know what I'm talking about? You new moms stress out. It's like, are you kidding me? 
My parents would say, see you, son. And I would be gone at five years old. And I would come back at night. And I was in the woods playing with water moccasins the whole day. You know what I mean? And so I remember one time I came up from the woods. And I had a water moccasin in each hand of the little baby ones. And I was coming up. And I was, you know, and my mom was like, hey, mom. Well, not mom. It's my stepmom, Judy. So she comes out and she freaks out. Oh, my God. I said, give me a bucket. So she got a bucket, filled it with water, and I put the water moccasins in there, and I'm playing with them, playing. Then it's bedtime. I go to sleep. I wake up the next morning, and it, apparently there were four snakes because those two were chopped in half. You know what I mean? My, mom had, my stepmom had chopped them in half. Anyway, my point is, is that young mothers stress, you know? And then you get older, and your kids are out of, out of the house, and you're stressing about how they're going to turn out or what they're going to do. So anyway, I hope today that um, just a few short things, a few little things to encourage you, and it's from the, the motherhood, if you will, of King David. And the first thing I want to say is this, and you can write these things down very short, very quick. Um, go ahead and write Psalms 86, 16. One thing that we do see David say about his mom, doesn't say her name, but he's, he gives a quality. This is in Psalm 86, Verse 16, and it says this, Psalm 86, verse 16, it says, Turn to me and be gracious to me. This is David writing a prayer. Turn to me and be gracious to me. O grant your strength to your servant and save the son of your handmaid. Okay, that word handmaid, handmaid basically means servant as well, like a bond servant. Paul talks about that in Scripture, that we are bond servants of Christ. And so basically what this is saying right here is save me because I serve you just like my mom did. So right there in that brief Scripture right there, we have clarification, authentication, whatever, um, that David's mom followed God. Save me, O Lord, your servant, and save the son of your maidservant. In other words, save me just like you saved your mom, my mom. Do to me, work with me just as you worked with my mom. First thing I want you to, to hear this morning, if you're a mom and you're trying to figure it all out and you want to be encouraged and you're kind of wigging out sometimes, is this. You want to be a good mom, here's the thing. It's a, a godly woman makes a good mother. A godly woman makes a good mother. Now, can you be a good mother and not know God? I think so, to a degree, right? You know, within the confines of what it means to be a mom. But we know that the here and now isn't all that it's about. It's what your kids go into, um, through, you know, into eternity with. And uh, what they go into eternity with, it depends upon who you serve. And so we're not just thinking about the now and diapers. We're thinking about... Um, forever and for eternity. But listen, a godly woman makes a good uh, mother. And we know that David's mom, from right here, that David, I mean, his mom was a, was a worshiper of God. And we know that, that David is, is considered the... the <laughs> Are you listening to the Bible? Just read it. You don't have to listen to it. I'll read it out loud for you. You know. <laughs> Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to bring attention to your, your talking phone. <laughs> it's okay. We love you. Anyway, so a godly woman makes a good mother. Now, here's the thing. I want, I'm going to go ahead and tell you this point. A good mother makes a great mentor. So a godly mother, I mean, a godly woman makes a good mother. 
And listen, a good mother makes a good mentor. I want to tell you something that you may not have ever seen or realized, but there's a statement in the Bible, there's a title that we all know has been given to King David. Somebody tell me what that title is, other than King David. We know that. Somebody. A man after God's own heart. How many of you are familiar with that? That David was a man after God's own heart. David was a man after God's own heart. David was a man after God's own heart. How many of you know that that title was given to him before his name was ever even mentioned in the Bible? It wasn't like, at the end of David's life, we saw how he lived, and he was labeled a man after God's own heart. No, this title was given to David over in 1 Samuel 13. You're welcome to turn there. 1 Samuel 13, the title was given to him. And this came when Saul, the king who the people cry out for, eventually did everything God said he would do, fail the people of Israel. And God had to basically say, you're no longer king. And he said, uh, Samuel told Saul, I, God says, I have sought for myself a man after my own heart. So God was already thinking, you know, this Saul's not going to be able to do this. But I am going to put someone in place, and he is going to be a man after my own heart. So, and then you, a couple of chapters later, we're introduced to David. But my point is this. Before David was a great man, before he was a great king, before he won any wars, before he fought any giants, before he did anything, God had already attributed to him the title, the characteristic of a man after his own heart. And to me, the, the father could have played a role in this, except for we know there's a lot of drama, and you have to research that on your own. I give you that assignment. But I believe a lot of the reason David was a man after God's own heart is because his mom was a mom after God's own heart. And she mentored David. Everything that she thought about God, everything that was in her heart, every, everything she poured into her son. Moms, listen. And dads, listen. When you have God on your side and you are, you are pressing into him, there's, there's something that you get that you receive from him and that you pass on to your kids. And God likes it. And God has plans, just like David said. How many times in the scripture do you say, you knew me in my mother's womb before I was even born? Before, you know, there was things that were happening just because he was the son of Nitzavit, Baal Adael. <laughs> you, you hear what I'm saying? So listen, you want to be a good mom? Listen, relax. Relax. Love God first. Jesus even said kind of the same thing in a different way. Don't be anxious about anything. Prayer, petition, uh, make your request known to God. Um, another place he says, to be, be anxious for nothing. God's going to take care of you. If he takes care of the birds, he's going to take care of you. He'll take care of your parenting. He'll take care of your kids. All I'm telling you to do is seek first the kingdom. Mom, stop stressing over your newborn and over your gone-born, you know? And just seek first the Lord and put your prayers and stuff to that because a good mother is going to make a good mentor. And I thought about two things other than a man after God's own heart, two things that David was known for, and that's worship, the Psalms, and war. He was a worshiper, warrior. How many of you guys ever heard that title given to David? He was a worshiper and warrior. And I think both of these things are things that his mom sewed into him, okay? Obviously, she loved God, and so she taught David how to worship. Maybe even taught, he's the one that taught him how to play the harp. Who knows? 
So she taught him how to worship God, how to pour his, her heart out, his heart out to God. And you think, well, surely she's not the one who taught him how to be a warrior. Maybe not in the sense of how to sling the slingshot. Maybe not how to kill a bear. Maybe not how to swing a sword or how to, you know, box or whatever. But listen, war and being a warrior, at least in the terms of serving God, is not even about strength. Not really. Being a warrior, being an effective warrior, is about faith. Is it not? When he went down there to fight Goliath, did he win because of his strength? I mean, he had some strength, but he was a kid. He had some skill, and he had practiced the slingshot and all that. But really, really, he was like, I'm going to face that guy because of how awesome I am. No, and that's not even what he said. He said, I am coming to you in the name of the Lord my God. It wasn't necessarily the warrior's skills that his mom sold into, sewed into him, mentored into him. It was the warrior's heart, a heart of faith. The kid shouldn't have even been out with the lions and the bears. Again, part of the drama why he was out there and the other sons weren't. But he was out there, and when they tried to kill his sheep, the warrior's heart, the heart of faith rose up, and he was able to, just like he told King Saul, hey, I'll, I'll kill this giant, don't worry, because I've killed the lion, and I've killed the bear, and this Philistine will be no different. What is that? Cockiness? No, it's faith. So I think about that, that worshiper, that warrior that he is, and I believe it came from, I think a large part, from his mom. You know? I think about, I have three sons and I have a daughter, but my three sons, I think about the things that I instill into them not versus the things that Melissa steals in them, but in, in maybe contrast or in, maybe even in partnership. There's things that Melissa sows into my boys that I sow into, but maybe not as much. And then there's things that I sow into them that she sows into, but maybe not as much. And one of the things I believe that she sows into to them, probably more than I do even, is deep heart issues. You know, they, they, you, just, you talk to your mama. You know what I mean? So, you guys know what I'm talking about? Sometimes you don't talk to your daddy as much as about that. Not that you don't, but sometimes not as much. And so even in our relationship, I can see how the mom has um, uh, an influence that is sometimes different. Equitable, but different. You guys hear what I'm saying? And I believe that his mom was sowing stuff into him. For you, young ladies, old ladies, listen, just be willing to love God, have faith, and sow those things into your kids. Does it matter... Um, if they have shoes on when they're playing in the dirt? Probably not. If they start eating it, it, that's probably for a reason too. You know what I mean? Just think all the things that we're worried about, preoccupied about versus just are they, are they loving the Lord? I'll, wor- I'll worry about what they eat before I'll worry about who they worship. You hear what I'm saying? Anyway. So a godly woman makes a good mother and a good mother makes a great mentor and the last thing I'm going to say is this, and it, it's definitely for the moms, but this is for anybody in here. Whether you're a dad, whether you're single, whether you're whatever. And that's this. A, great, a good mother makes a great mentor. But listen, a great mentor will make a lasting mark. I want you to turn here real quick. 2 Samuel verses five, uh, chapter 5, verse 2. A great mentor is going to make a lasting mark. This is in 2 Samuel.
chapter 5. A lot has happened in David's life. Most of us know the story. If you don't, you've got to read First and Second Samuel. I mean, it just tells all about Saul, David, all that good stuff. But here in chapter 5, we get to the point. If you know the story, you know that he was anointed by Samuel at a very young age to be um, king over Israel, to replace Saul. But it was a lot of years before he got to see that come to pass. A lot of years and a lot happened. Uh, he, he killed giants. He was, spears were thrown at him by the king, by Saul. He was chased into caves. And, and all kinds of stuff happened before he was actually um, he stepped into that role. And chapter 5, 2 Samuel chapter 5, is where that kind of kick-started, where the go button was pushed. The heading over this, it says, David king over all Israel. Then all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, Behold, we are your bone and your flesh. Previously, beforehand, in the past, when Saul was king over us, you were the one who led, us, who led Israel out. And in, and the Lord said to you, "You will shepherd my people Israel, and you will be a ruler over Israel." Now, I'll just say this: a great mentor will make a lasting mark. There were plenty of times, especially if you know the story, there were plenty of times for David to just miss the mark. I mean, when Saul was pursuing him alone, and he was in the cave, and Saul was asleep, and David went in to see what was going on. Saul literally could have killed uh, David could have literally killed Saul right then but he didn't and it was a way to honor the king and to show the king I'm not against you I'm actually with you and for you all kinds of different ways that he could have shown some ugly character but he didn't he was mentored very well and he left a lasting mark and this is why it says right here that God says you will shepherd my people Israel and you will be ruler over Israel um I don't know if you think that's a big deal, but to be king over God's people, a great, vast amount of people, and what that means and what that entails and the great honor that that is. But this is what he was afforded. And listen, if, again, you can track back. He, was, he made a lasting mark, but it was because of the mentorship of his mom, and that mentorship was good and pleasing in the sight of the Lord because she herself loved the Lord. And even right here, and I've shared a little bit on this before, I don't get too far into it right here, but it says, Previously, when Saul was king over us, you were actually the one who led Israel out and in. And right there is a picture of those two things that I believe his mom mentored him in, worship and war. When Israel would go out, that's a, that's a phrase meaning when they would go out to war. And when they went out to war, David led them, and he always inquired of the Lord, Lord, should we go down to battle here? Should we circle around? Should we attack this way? He would not make his move until God showed him what to do. But that um, leading Israel out refers to war, and then leading them in actually refers to worship because when they would come in from war, the first thing they would do is they would head down to the temple or the tabernacle or the temple, and they would worship the Lord. When they came in from battle, the first thing they would do is worship. So even right there, in his greatness, in his calling, he was leading the people. He was the one that established um, this, this, this mark. And remember, he's the one, too, that was dancing around in his underwear shamelessly in front of all of Israel, worshiping, unabandoned. He was saying, this is the way you worship God. Undignified with everything within you. 
Now, I don't know if his mom taught him that, you know. I don't know if she taught him the dance. I don't know if it was ballet or hip-hop. I just know the dude was in his underwear, you know. And see, it probably came just like Emma Kate today when we were out. Emma Kate was running all over the yard in her underwear. That's funny. It must not be if I have to cue you to laugh, you know what I mean? I'm just saying, I think about how my boys are running around the house in their underwear. Maybe that's just the way, that's like, that's how I did it growing up. That's how I'm going to do it now when I worship I'm in my underwear. I don't know. Anyway. Then all the tribes over Israel came to David and said, Behold, Saul was king over us, but you were the one who led us out. You were the one who led us, not just out in war, but out in what? Faith. And you're the one who led us in. And the first thing we would do when we would come in is we would worship. These are the things that David gave, really, the world. He gave us. We read the Psalms, and what do we see? That heart of worship. The heart of a warrior. You hear what I'm saying? A great mentor will make a lasting mark. That's really all I have to share. I wanted to encourage the moms because, again, I know that it's hard. It's hard to get a grasp on who you're supposed to be, what you're supposed to be doing, besides the obvious. I gotta feed my kid, I gotta clothe my kid, I gotta bathe my kid, I gotta change those diapers. And those those that's all part of it. But all a lot of those things, it's like those are good, but seek first how you're gonna feed them, how you're gonna clothe them, how you're gonna take care of them. That's that is all important. But I don't know that Nitsevit concerned herself with that as much as she did, sowing into him the same heart that she had for God. Moms, don't stress. Don't stress. That's one of the things, I mean, just to honor my wife, I never saw my wife stress about those things. I mean, we're on our fourth kid now, and it doesn't mean that there weren't times where my kid was eating dirt or jumping off the, out of the tree or, you know, swinging a knife around while the brother's head or arm is two inches away, and you're like, you know, but she ne- I never saw that. And you know what? I'm glad, because I think it probably would have driven me crazy. So, kudos to my wife. Oh, okay. My son is in agreement. See, that's good mentorship right there. <laughs> Clap for your mom, son. Clap. <laughs> Don't stress over the little things. If you're going to put time and energy and emotion, make sure you're hitting the main things. Amen?